Hi, this is Emily Neves, and you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I'm coming at you with another amazing interview with a very, very special guest. And this special guest is someone who voices the mother of Goku in Dragon Ball Super, the mother being Gine, the wife of Bardock, as well as she's an American actress, scriptwriter, a voice director, and she's known for working on many English adaptations of Japanese anime and films associated with Funimation and Sentai works, and many others. And she is the one, the only, Emily Neves. Now, this is really monumental for me to have her on the show. This is this is, is an honor. It's an honor to meet someone who works on the adaptations, who actually sits down and does the grinding to get the enemies to the level that we would expect and, and, and even greater. She gets to work with amazing people and just do a lot of amazing things. And I'm so excited to have her on the show. So if you're ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and welcome Emily onto the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, The Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I have with me the one, the only, Emily... Neves. Neves. Okay, okay. <laughs> but my, my depends mom. on where you are in the world, so don't feel bad about it. <laughs> All right, well, it's an honor <laughs> to have you on the show. I mean, go ahead and well, tell us, you. uh, introduce yourself, uh, plug yourself, you know, upcoming ventures, and... Tell everyone why you're amazing and why you should be out here in Hawaii. We need to have you out here in Hawaii. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so like like we said, I'm Emily Neves, and I'm a voice actor and script writer currently, and I've directed for both uh, Funimation and Sentai. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess a couple of things I can plug. Um, I directed last year around the time, uh, Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody. Um, wow. and that will be coming out. So it was a, it was a broadcast dub. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's completed, but the special edition, uh, Blu-ray DVD will be coming out in March. So make sure and pick that up from Funimation. Okay. And then, um, I just, um, something newer. I think it was just announced about a week ago that I am playing Mia in Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Mia's this, like, badass gunslinger American magical girl, so that's pretty exciting. Um, And that's with uh, Alexis Tipton at the helm, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, You can watch that on Funimation now. Awesome, awesome. Those are a couple things I got going on that I can talk about anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, man. And for the audience, uh, there's a thing called NDAs that we, you know, there's certain things that Emily can't speak about and things, you know, I've spoken about this in the past, so you guys should be familiar with it. So non-disclosure <laughs> agreements, there's certain things we have in the pipeline we cannot speak about. So, 
Yes, <laughs> indeed. I'm uh, something I'm really excited about. It. Um, I'm writing uh, this season. My roommate is a cat for mm-hmm. Funimation, um, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited about it. It's a really cute show about a uh, sort of misanthropic, eccentric artist writer um, oh, wow. who gets a cat for the first time, and it's about their relationship, and it's just the cutest thing ever. So I really want to promote that. So yeah. right. <laughs> I think the, the first episode's available right now, but um, they haven't made like an official cast announcement yet. So mm-hmm. they should be doing that in the next couple of days or so. so okay, there's cool. that too. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, give give us uh, a bit of a, a brief background on yourself because you work for Funimation. You've done all the directing. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get into uh, being able to work with in the industry like this? So, well, just to re- Brief background on, I was born in Texas, um, and I kind of grew up all over the world. My dad worked for Pectin, which is a division of Shell, growing up, so I was mm. what what people might call an oil brat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I lived in Cameroon in West Africa, um, Cameroon, Tunisia in Northern Africa, uh, Portugal, and Brazil. Um, and then I moved back to the States, and when I was about a is when I started getting into acting, um, acting and modeling really at first, and then I got into music and singing. Um, and around that age is when I decided to start pursuing it as a career. So that's when I started training seriously. Um, I had an agent. Mm-hmm. And back then it was just a, a modeling agent, but that's sort of how I um, how I got into the whole industry to mm-hmm. begin with. And then, you know, I, I studied music a lot during high school. Um, I was classically trained in operatic singing um, in opera as a soprano yeah and then um, when I went to college at first I I was a musical I did some theater in high school um, and then went to college and majored in musical theater to begin with and then um, at the end of my freshman year decided to go the strict acting route Um, so I got a BFA um, Wow! it's actually it's a long story I I was at college for three years and then I left and worked in the industry for, um, gosh, eight years, um, Mm -hmm. in theater. And then I went back to school and got my BFA when I was three. So, um, but in that time I, I was a company member, a theater in Houston called the Alley Theater. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a pretty, you know, renowned theater, Tony award winning and whatnot. And it was through working there that I got into voice acting for anime. Um, you know, wow. Sentai. Back then it was ADV, mm-hmm. um, but they're in Houston, and I had a lot of friends who were voice actors, and they were looking for women, and so, um, and I went and I auditioned for Stephen Foster, and uh, Lucia in Kiba, mm-hmm. a small role, and then, you know, just from there, I he cast me more and more and then I started working with other directors and then um in 2011 I believe no 2012 Mm -hmm. I uh that's when I auditioned for the first time for Funimation um yeah and so I started working up here and then um a couple years later started directing for Sentai um and then a couple about a year after I Directed for Sentai, I started writing for Funimation on a contract. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they moved us all in house about uh, nine months ago, and so now I'm at Funimation full time every day. Oh, <laughs> so wow. that's kind of the the long and short of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's amazing. I mean, and like f- working with Funimation, like what are some of your, your, your daily activities or what's your workflow like? Well, that's a great question. I um, So I'm a full-time staff writer, so I come in in the morning and um, well, let's just say, so we'll talk about a, a, a day where I'm starting an episode. So okay. um, as soon as I get the materials, uh, which means the video, the translation, mainly video and translation, I go and I have this cap- like a couple programs where I can kind of uh, drag the translation into the video and so I can sort of watch it like with subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do that and um, I do whatever research I need to do if there are things that I don't know, like if there are things that I'm confused about in terms of plot or character or whatever, I kind of dig around um, in the reference materials and on Google and um, just kind of get a really good feel for the episode. And mm-hmm. then once I feel ready to begin actually writing it, I... Um, I pull up what we call a time code document. So um, there are people who work to prepare these documents for us as writers where they go in and they put in all the reactions and they sort of um, give us a, you know, uh, like down to the frame where the flaps start. They, you know, mark it all out for us. So we know, you know, so we can just sit down and focus on writing it. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the audience loves like when when my guests go into like the details of how <laughs> that works. Like they they'd love that. So if you want to yeah, dive into yeah. it, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So we use this program called Gom Player Plus, and it's something that allows us to sort of uh, use the directional keys to move frame by frame, so that we can make sure things time out like exactly right. You know, mm-hmm. according to our timing, everybody's timing is a little different and we have to make adjustments for different directors. They like flaps to start and end in a certain way. And so we have to take that into account when we're writing. But um, so what I do from there, um, I, I go into the time code document and I, some shows it's not possible to do this, but I like to have the subtitles on the video as I'm watching it, just so I can like, kind of keep my eye on both what's being said and the mouth movements mm-hmm. um, just so I can kind of have the meaning of the line in my mind. So I'm watching the timing um, to kind of think on the fly about how I want to structure it because as you know, it's already animated. And mm-hmm. so I have to take basically put the translation into my mind filter and make it make sense, make it sound natural. And so what I do is that, and then I act it out. So I, I kind of get an idea of what I'm going to write. I write it, you know, I type it out and then I go back um, and I kind of back it up to about where the beeps would start in the booth. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, four seconds before the actual line begins. And then I act the line out loud, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and check my timing, check, you know, how it flows with the lines before and after it, if if they're written. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I really, I mean, I go through the entire script doing that. Um, and then once I've done what I call my first pass mm-hmm. back, and every writer is different, you know, some people just kind of, they, they go through the script and once they're done, they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to kind of do a, a relatively quick pass just so I can get a sense for the episode as a whole. And then I go back and I fine tune. Um, so that's why I said, you know, I check out flows with the lines before and after if they're written. Um, so my initial pass, they're not written. So, you know, it's a little different, but then like fine tooth comb kind of check of it. Um, I make sure that it sounds like a conversation and it doesn't sound like stilted or awkward or, you know, like, Oh, that doesn't sound like something this character would say or Mm -hmm. 
all of that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, in a nutshell, how how it works. Um, and I do that for two shows per week, usually, um, some, sometimes more, just depending mm-hmm. um, on, you know, what I've got going on, the how long the show is, you know, variables like that. So, awesome. um, and then sometimes, you know, I'm still a voice actor, so there will be days where like I'll be writing and then I'll be like, Oh, well it's two o'clock. I got to go record. And so I'll go <laughs> hop into a booth and record for <laughs> however long and then come back. And, um, so it's cool. I enjoy it a lot. How, how do you manage like, uh, the, you know, managing your time between going b- between directing, writing and voice acting. That's gotta be taxing. Uh, it can be, um, you know, I, I try to take really good care of myself mentally and physically i try to get enough sleep at night i try to um do really good self-care i i Mm -hmm. I meditate every morning meditation Uh, is so good (laughs) exercise (laughs) you know just so that i um because it is mentally taxing and you know it varies season to season like this season i have a little bit of a right now anyway a little bit of a lighter load um Mm -hmm. but a couple seasons ago um I first started the full-time writing gig. I was also playing the lead in uh, Kakurio Bed and Breakfast for Spirits. So um, I was working eight-hour days writing uh, as well. So that was was interesting to be playing the lead in a show I was writing. Mm -hmm. It was very humbling, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I was also writing Steins Gate Z. And then I would go and record at night for, um, you know four hours maybe two or three days a week just depending um but because i was writing it there were nights where it got done faster because it's like well you know nobody has to stop and explain anything to me i I remember sort of Mm -hmm. i mean so i would be recording like a week after i turned the episode in usually um so i'd be like okay i I still remember (laughs) (laughs) um and then i would also come in with the context like knowing where it was going to go because i would be writing the next episode that was an interesting experience but it was it was, you know, I was averaging like 50 hours of work a week. So, um, wow. Yeah, I just had to be really, really austere and really take good care of myself and, um, you know, just make it work. <laughs> but it's <laughs> both jobs are, are really, really mentally taxed. Yeah. Both the writing. I, to be honest, I think that writing anime, adaptive writing, um, it's of the three jobs that I've done. So directing has its challenges, voice acting has its challenges, but the challenges of being a writer are much greater yeah. <laughs> than, <laughs> than those of the other two. So, um, you know, I love it. It's really fun. It's like doing puzzles all day long, you know, because mm-hmm. I have these flaps that I have to fill in a certain way very specifically, and I have to make it sound good, and I have to make it, you know... Um, not stray too far from the intent of the Japanese and all that. It's um, and then you know a lot of times when things go wrong in the booth, the writer is the first person to get blamed. <laughs> <laughs> really? So it, it, it yeah, I mean, wow, it's, uh, it's pretty humbling. Um, and it's humbling also to like sit with a script and write it, and then when I would go in for Kakurio, be like, oh, all bets are off in the booth. Like it's totally different, you know, because I mm-hmm. have an engineer, whereas like when I'm writing it at my computer, I don't. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it was really interesting and really educational for me. Um, 
a great learning experience to have that kind of hands-on um, experience with my own work. So, yeah. Awesome. That, that's <laughs> phenomenal. That's really well, phenomenal. Thank you. And, you know, thank you for sharing, like, the, the insides of how that works. Because mm, you know, yeah. a, a lot of us, like, we... We, we see the final work, and that's one of the things like I try to do with the podcast when I interview you know people that are in the industry is to see you know peek behind the veil because a mm -hmm. lot of us as fans, all we see is the final product, but right. you know there's so much that goes into it from the directing so the writing much. you know it's mm -hmm. it's amazing and we try to make it look seamless and easy, and it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of I guess you know if we're if we're doing our jobs well then don't see the seams they don't mm. see uh the the work it just feels the story and that's the goal definitely so you know you are in dragon ball super the broly mm. movie and it's one of the chart topping movies of 2019 yes. like how oh did it goodness. feel knowing that you were selected <laughs> to be in the movie and voicing the mother of goku that's gotta be I amazing mean, <laughs> I was speechless. For, you know, I um, I auditioned, mm -hmm. and I auditioned for a different character. Um, and then a couple weeks went by, and I didn't, you know. When you don't cast, you don't hear back. So it's just, you're like, okay, well, I didn't get it. You know, no big deal. It is what it is. That's the industry. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I uh, Chris Sabat reached out to me and asked about my availability. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I, I had no idea what I was going in for. He just, he told me to quote him. He said it was a badass role. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, that's cool. Okay, I wonder what it is. Ah, oh my gosh. And then when I went in and I mean, you know, to be perfectly frank, I wasn't like a huge Dragon Ball fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, my brother watched it when he was little. And so I knew a little bit about it. I knew who Goku was. I, you know, I knew kind of the, the, the basic gist of the show. Mm -hmm. And when I found out I was playing Goku's mom, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is huge for me. Like, I was floored and I was like, I was so honored and I, I kind of couldn't, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Um, so yeah. And then not to jump the gun, but like then recording it and seeing that material. I mean, I was, I was actually weeping in the booth. Like it was it was so good. Those like those scenes are such juicy scenes for an actor of any kind. But mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you don't often get to really get emotional like that. Um, and then I, I loved like getting to you know play off of Sunny Strait and um, that those scenes were just fun and they had so much heart and like I just kind of fell in love and I was I was you know for weeks I, I was just on pins and needles like oh my gosh when can I announce this when can I talk about this like oh my gosh and when I got the go-ahead the first thing I did was text my little brother I was like hey guess what uh there's uh you may have heard there's a uh Dragon Ball movie coming out well I play Goku's mom and he was like what <laughs> and he like told all his friends and um you know the response on Twitter was just really Again, humbling, but in a different way. I was just—I I don't know. It's really—I feel so honored and grateful, and it's a really special thing. Um, and then when I saw the movie, I was like, "Oh my gosh! I have to go watch every single episode of Dragon Ball ever made because this is amazing. This universe is amazing." So I haven't—I've <laughs> been super busy. I haven't been able to start that yet, but like, I, 
Uh, it's just I, I'm overjoyed, overjoyed. I mean, you did a phenomenal job with your, Thank you know you. with voicing her. And the other thing that's something too, and you know the audience. I know the audience out here in Hawaii knows it, but maybe the audience around the world, like I, for the first week that it's been out here in Hawaii, sold out, mm -hmm. yeah. sold out. <laughs> you, you can't, if you didn't get a ticket day one, you're not going. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. We had to go. I saw it. I think I saw the date came out and uh, we had to go to like a late showing to even get a seat. Mm -hmm. um, so it was so cool. It was so cool to be in the theater. And like, I didn't tell, you know, I didn't say anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. you know, it was just me and my boyfriend in the theater. Like, oh, oh my gosh, they have no idea. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then uh, seeing my name in the credits, I was like, ah, this is just. <laughs> was it like one of those moments? Was it like one that. of those moments where people were with you and then like your friends and family that didn't know about it? And then they see the credits and they're like, Emily? Really? No. <laughs> they all knew about it. Oh. I couldn't keep it. Like once I got to go ahead to like announce it, I couldn't keep quiet. And I was like, "Mom, mom, guess what?" <laughs> um, so, awesome. um, my mom said that when she went to see it, she and be like, "That's my daughter. <laughs> I'm Goku's grandma." <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool to, awesome. to say the least. <laughs> Were you surprised with like the fan like response of being so positive for the movie? Like it's amazing. Dragon Ball has been around over thirty years. I know. Um, it's still like monumental. It's. I know. You know, I wasn't surprised just because too, and I had the same sort of experience. Not as Dragon Ball viewer, mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody who didn't have all of that. Um, build up of being a fan for decades and I was still affected by the film in a way that I was like this is so good and so I can only imagine what it must be like to have grown up on it and and then go and see that film you know and mm -hmm. I mean I had such wonderful themes like I just it was beautiful it was really beautiful so I was like yeah no it makes sense I, I it didn't surprise me that they were so uh, yeah it's great you know I'm really I can't even tell you how proud I am to be a part of it for so many reasons and on so many levels. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And I know, you know, out of respect to your time, I'm winding down to the last uh, last two questions. Cool. Uh, cause, and, and then also we're going to have to definitely have you back on the show again. <laughs> I'd love, love to. But um, one of the questions I want to ask is, like, what is it like, you know, with all the work you've done over the years, like, how mm -hmm. has it been or have you had the opportunity to, like, work with other voice actors? I know you, you mentioned Christopher Sabat, like, have mm -hmm. you gotten to work with Sean Schimmel or Stephen Bloom or even uh, one of my friends, Kyle Hebert, or others? You know, I haven't. Honestly, um, I I don't think I've worked with any of those three. Sabbath, definitely. Um, but, I, I, you know, I've been really blessed, I think, over the course of my career. I mean, this is my 11th year in, um, in the anime industry, and... I, I've gotten to work with some of the most amazing actors ever. Um, mm -hmm. And I haven't, you know, I haven't worked with all of them, obviously, as I said, that, that I would like to. Um, mm -hmm. But I hope so. I hope to. Uh, and I look forward to that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I'm like, gosh, 
What's it like working having with, fun? What is it like to work with like Christopher Sabat? That guy seems oh my so gosh. amazing. <laughs> he's the best. That guy is the best. I mean, he's a phenomenal director, first of all. I mean, he and Raleigh, um, they sort of directed my session together and uh they're fantastic. And, you know, Chris was was really great at um getting the best performance possible out of me. Mm-hmm. Um he he did say, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to, and he can maybe get mad at me if he wants, but uh, he said that those <laughs> scenes, the Guine scenes, were his favorite in the movie. So it's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going <laughs> to do this justice. And, um, you know, he's just got such... He's so funny, and he's very playful. always appreciate um, and anyone I work with, but particularly directors, because it's a hard thing to do. Like, voice acting is hard. You're alone with headphones and people's voices in your ear, sometimes not. And so the more positive the environment and the more kind of joy and, and playfulness that a director can bring to the room, like it, it makes all the difference. Um, and he was, and um, he's like that just in life too, like just full of joy and he kind of spreads it wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm really grateful to have gotten have more in the future awesome you know one day one day hopefully i can get him on the show he he's very yeah. hard to get in touch with like i i oh i bet i'm like i have no idea i like, i've reached out to uh my friend richard Epcar. he's like he said next time i see him i'll say something and i was mm-hmm. like all right I'll, man I'll, that guy's I'll, he's just so busy like he is flying all over the country and the world you know all the time like he's a a, a mover and a shaker as yeah. they say, <laughs> so I can imagine. <laughs> Definitely. Um, winding down to like the last question, like what advice would you give to fans and the audience here that are listening that would uh, want to try and audition for roles or, or send in voice auditions or even want to get into like the writing and the directing side of, uh, mm. of animation and, and whatnot? What advice would you give? My main advice would be to train. Um, and particularly... I think to train in theater, like if there's, you know, an acting class, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a scene study class anywhere around you, uh, take it, uh, take writing workshops. Uh, I, I would just really acquaint yourself with story and narrative. Um, listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. That's a good way. That's a good way for people, I think, to get a sense of how to convey story with the voice only because, you know, it's, when you're on stage, you've got your face and your body and, you know, the way you carry yourself, your movements and um, all of that to help you. But, um, you know, when you're voice acting, you rely on your voice and the picture. So mm-hmm. I would just say, like, really get comfortable um, with telling story and with understanding narrative structure and understanding the way, you know, different characters' roles in a um in a story what and not just like not just in terms of character but in terms of how they serve the story and Mm -hmm. understanding um yeah just that like how a character serves the story and how different actors and um and different like you know playwrights and filmmakers and screenwriters how they convey story um I would say read aloud to yourself as much as possible Mm -hmm. because most of the time when you go in like for me 
the exception was Kukuriu because I, I wrote those words and still they were hard to say. <laughs> so I'd be like, <laughs> I wrote this and I can't say it. Um, but you've got to get really used to to looking at a script and being able to, having seen the line maybe once, you know, like when you're previewing it um, mm-hmm. you know, for just like five seconds, being able to act it and say it and not stumble over your words and, um, you know, make it sound believable. And, um that's really hard. It's something that you really have to practice. So I think that's something that has helped me um, even just getting into this is that I, in my theater career, did a lot of cold reading, which is when you go into, usually it's an audition and they hand you like three pages mm-hmm. and you just read over it for like five minutes and then you have to go in and act the scene with another person, um, just having had the material for five minutes. So I think because I'd done a lot of that before coming to this, it was already sort of those grooves were in my brain, those neural pathways were just firing. And so I could just go into the booth and be like, oh, well, this is a lot like cold reading, mm-hmm. you know, only different. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just things like that. I would just always train and keep working and, you know, read loud to yourself. <laughs> Get used to hearing yourself. Awesome. Get used to saying words. <laughs> Uh, are we going to see you out here in Hawaii for the amazing Comic Con or any conventions we have oh, here? Oh, man. Um, I don't, right now, I don't have any cons anywhere that I can talk about yet, but oh. um, I'm working on it. So I, n- the answer to your specific question is no. I don't have anything coming up in Hawaii. I wish that I did. <laughs> I've been to Hawaii once and it's unbelievably beautiful and amazing, but um, yeah, nothing as of right now. Definitely. And where can friends find you uh, on social media? Um, So I'm on Twitter at uh, at Emily Neves and then on Instagram at Emily Marie Neves. And um, they won't be able to find me, but I'm on Reddit. So uh, I'm there watching, (laughs) (laughs) reading everything you say about me. (laughs) So be careful. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) If I say anything bad, I'll just download it. Awesome. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I lied. I had one last question. You ready? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you have fun? I had a blast. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's, it's been a true honor to have you on, Emily. And, thank you. Um, everyone who's listening, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. When this goes up on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to catch this also on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google play music google podcast coming soon to iHeartRadio, and very soon will be on uh f was it uh serious fm radio as well and at one point whenever they approve it because i got the email they said it's eventually <laughs> going to be on podcast one so nice uh yes you'll be able to catch it there it's uh the casanova podcast casanova with the k number one podcast in hawaii and uh with that being said emily you want anything you want to leave the audience with I just want to thank them for um, and hope to meet them all in the con at some point in the future. Definitely. We will we'll make sure to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And thank everyone for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Did you enjoy this episode of the Casanova Podcast? Well, I hope you did. And if you did, please make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. And let us know what we can improve upon, what you liked, what you didn't like, and all that good stuff. And just make sure you always 
have a good time. That being said, this is your boy Mikael Castanova, my wife's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out, and I'll catch you on the next episode.